Hello, all you Panther fans. This is J.R. Robinson, PHS class of 2010. With me today, and my partner in crime, is my brother Heath Robinson, PHS class of 1995. We're coming to you today to start up our new Hail podcast, where we'll be discussing all things Pikeville football. Um, we just decided that this was something that was needed in this area, uh, something to entertain us all, especially with what's going on in the world right now. And uh, we hope that we can bring you all everything you need to know and entertain you all. And we got 95 years of history to go through, so... We're going to get to it tonight, okay? So here we go, and hail Pikeville. Yeah, this is, uh, JR, this is a really a, kind of a labor of love or, a, or a, a passion project, I guess, for both of us. We've discussed doing this. I can't tell you how many times I've had the name of this, you know, hail podcast for probably three to four years. And um, so it's, it's going to be something pretty cool. Uh, you know, something that we're going to enjoy doing, and hopefully you guys enjoy it too. And if you do, you'll listen to it. And if not, you can go jump in the lake for all I care. <laughs> so uh, uh, we're going to be going through a lot of different things. Like JR said, we're just getting off the ground here and just kind of uh, trying to, you know, see where it takes us. And, you know, we'll get better. We'll work on things and, and get this show better. But it's just something that we wanted to do right now mainly because we're stuck in the house and we're bored in tears. And, you know, plus with you guys out there, I know you guys are missing sports and there's a lot of uncertainty and a lot of scary things going on out there right now. And, and hopefully we could entertain you a little bit and hopefully get your, uh, get your mind off of it a little bit. And uh, maybe we'll uh, kind of take your mind off your troubles, uh, you know, just as a public service, you know, uh, y'all please just take care of yourselves out there and, and, uh, you know, do what's being told of you and what's being asked of you, um, and uh, take care of your uh, take care of yourselves and take care of each other, and God bless us all. So, they are. It is your civic duty to stand six feet away from everybody. So remember that. Okay, take this seriously. Do what is asked of you, and we'll get through this sucker and play some daggone football. All right. All right. Yeah, but today on the Hell Podcast, you know, just kind of going through some stuff, but we want to give an outlook of the 2019 season this year. Just to start off, I mean, this past season, one of the most memorable, enjoyable years of football that I can remember uh, in, well, ever. <laughs> I mean... This was, from start to finish, if I could give it one word, would be domination. Absolute domination. And these kids have grown up together. These kids have dreamed of this, and they've came close in middle school. They came close in 2018, and they were just tired of coming in second place, and they knew how good they were, and by George, they went out there and proved it. Um. To me, and, and me and you've discussed this, and I've discussed it with other people, uh, undefeated state championship seasons don't grow on trees. Um, you know, they don't come along every so often. And, I mean, do you wish we'd go undefeated and win state every year? Well, yeah, but at the same time, 
that would kind of take the shine off of it when it actually does happen. And football is just such a, it's a hard demanding sport, especially when you play football here at Pikeville High School. That's been true for 95 years. Um, but uh, to be able to, for this team to be able to go through and beat who all they beat, Jr. You know, especially in the regular season, it's been a uh, an absolute uh, joy to watch this team play, to watch this group of seniors and juniors and and the sophomores. You know, a lot of the freshmen and sophomores on this team right now, this past year, you and I coached in Little League. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's been a, a great joy for us to watch these kids grow up and get better, and just see the great job that Coach Mike and all of them has done with them. If there's one word I could uh, come up with, and I don't know if it's one word or two words they are, but there's a hyphen in there, I think, maybe. But And I've told you this. This season was anticlimactic for me. And I mean that in the absolute best possible way. You know, I, I don't mean that as, as a put-down or anything like that. All I'm saying is, is that from the start of this season, I knew how it was going to end. I knew it was going to end. And it's easy to say that now, you know, hindsight being 2020. But I seriously... And you and I had talks last summer before the season even started. You know, I just did not see anybody good enough to beat us in single A to win the state championship. Um, with that being said, I didn't see undefeated coming. I'll be honest with you. Not with our schedule. Absolutely not. Uh, real quick, just to give you a rundown of who we uh, played and the scores. On uh, the first game of the season, we beat Bardstown at home, 47-25. to If you were at that game, it was a lot closer than the score. Yeah, uh, Bardstown kind of had us on the ropes. They had a lead late in the third quarter. They were uh, they had a lead, they scored and took the lead on us. So it's not like uh, it's not like we just came in there and rolled over. And Bardstown was a good football team. They were absolutely had a lot of good athletes. And when you were sitting there in the first half, especially, we was like. My goodness, boys, are are we gonna are we gonna be able to pull this out? You know, we had a broken scoreboard. You know, at the first first game of years, we really <laughs> didn't know what the score was, but we 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 finally got through it, and and uh, the Panthers came out on top. Yeah, and, uh, somebody, somebody asked me once what the score was, and I was like, the the score is news to me. So, but anyway, um, there in the fourth quarter. We kind of took over the game, kind of uh, Isaac McNamee threw some incredible passes, what's new, and uh, we were able to take the lead and keep the lead and ended up winning that game. And I remember I told you, I was like, if we can win these type of games, we have a chance to go undefeated. Uh, the second game of the year was, uh, I call it the foot-to-mouth syndrome game. The reason I say that is because Mingo Central – uh, talked a lot of crap, a lot of crap. Going into the game. I mean, having pictures of everybody on the team in their locker room and putting countdown to beat down and all that stuff. And the Pikeville heard all about it. You know, they even had a YouTube video about all their coaches being the Avengers or something like that. You know, well, guess what? Uh, the Avengers were not assembled that day. It's more like the Three Stooges. Yeah, so especially how they acted on the field. Yeah, so a lot of uh, a lot of craziness happened that, that night in the Pike County Bowl. Biggest crowd I've ever seen in my life. That was a Pike County Bowl record. There was ten thousand people there. Ten. I mean, you looked over if you've been to Pikeville High School field, 
you looked over at the baseball bleachers, they were completely covered. All around, no, there wasn't even standing room. I would say standing room only, but there wasn't even any place to stand uh, at that game. It was absolutely insane. But if you were expecting a show, you were expecting a uh, Oh, they got one. Game. <laughs> it was a one-sided show, yeah. but it was a show. But uh, the Panthers ended up winning this one 47-7, and it was a running clock in about eight, or was it was it in the fourth quarter or third quarter? I couldn't remember. I think it was a halftime as running Yeah, clock. I think it was a halftime as running clock. Which uh, running clocks are going to be a theme here. Uh, we'll, we'll, yeah, <laughs> you'll, you'll hear more a lot about running yeah, clocks later. You'll get that here in a minute, but let's go through the tough games. Uh, September 6, 2019, Paintsville. Uh a 9-8 to eight score. Very unusual score for football. Yeah, any, uh, any a, uh, a two-run single by uh, Cody Rains uh, ended the game there. The Panthers, uh, you know, slid home, and uh, uh, Isaac McNamee was a starting pitcher, and he got the win. So For me? <laughs> it was a baseball score. Yeah. For me, was it one of the most exciting games I've ever seen? Yes. Yes. But was it one of the most – because I came into that game fully expecting us to manhandle them. I really did. Because I didn't think they had the firepower to hang with us. Well, what did I tell you before the game? What did I tell you before that game? You're, you're going to sense this is a recurring theme. I really like Ben Wright. Um, I told you before the game, if we came out and played the game that I thought we could play, we could beat them. We didn't play very well. Uh, you know, there was a lot of things that went against us. There was a lot of, you know, we had some turnovers, you know, and this was kind of what I was figuring was going to happen with a sophomore quarterback. You know, you hand the keys to the kingdom over to a kid, even as good as a kid as Isaac, Isaac back to me, as good a kid as he is, and as great of a player as he is, you, um, you're handing the keys to be QB1 of the Pipeville High School football team which a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of eyes on you and a lot of pressure on you, and you're handing that to a kid who hasn't even got his driver's license yet. There's Not going... to mention he uh, is replacing one of the most uh, underrated quarterbacks uh, to ever play at this school. And Connor Roberts, absolutely. Yes, but go ahead. Uh, you know, it's kind of hard to replace Captain America unless you're, uh, unless you're Iron Man. But uh, anyway... Uh, so I knew there was going to be some growing pains, uh, and in this game there was. You know, Isaac threw some interceptions and 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 threw some bad passes and things like that and and stuff. But it's it was going to happen, you know. And I, I sometimes it's got to hurt before you got to grow. You know, it, it's called growing pains for a reason. And so I think you got Isaac. Uh, you know, he learned from that and he just kept getting better from it. And as usual, we'll get into this more later. But when you have a Chris McNamee coach team, you really can't pay a lot of attention to them until October and November because that's when he gets his teams ready to play ball. Well, and you touched on something, and, and Mike's even said this publicly, so I'm not letting out any secrets. You know, Mike wants the first five games of the season. If you'll ever notice, he front loads the first five games of the season every year with really tough opponents because he wants to see what these kids are made of. He wants tough opponents. It's going to expose our weaknesses and, you know, learn to get better from them and see what they need to improve on and work on. You know, then the last half of the year, we may have one or two tough games, 
and then the rest of the time it's just fine-tuning and getting ready for the playoffs. Yeah. So, you know, it's all kind of part of a master plan. There's a method to the madness. Well, let's just get back on the paintsful game because there's, there's a lot to be said about that game. Um, so exciting from beginning to end. You didn't know what was going to happen. Um, and actually, two pl- the play that comes to mind that actually saved that game for us was a kid that had been through so much uh, his entire high school career. Um, Peyton Boyd Blair, kid breaks open number seven, I think was the quarterback's number. I can't remember his name for Paintsville. Breaks a huge run. Oh, I completely forgot about that. Yeah, Yeah, that was awesome. Breaks a huge run, and Peyton Boyd Blair, let this be a lesson to you kids, you never quit running, and you never give up on a play. I don't care if it gets down to the one-yard line. Anything can happen. And Peyton Boyd Blair did just that. He caught the kid at the 10-yard line, I think it was, and we had a goal line stand, and that was pretty much it. That was the Paceful missed field goal. And then after that, Paceful misses a field goal, and that's ball game, you know, in my opinion. And, uh, well, it actually was. Okay, and later on in this podcast, we've got some ideas, and if you guys guys have got any ideas, you know, feel free to get a hold of me and JR. A lot of you have our contact information. Uh, You know, you can find us on Facebook under Heath Robinson or JR Robinson, or uh, I'm on Twitter at uh, Heath underscore smash at at Twitter. Uh, And give us suggestions of what what, uh, some of our topics you want us to talk about. And, you know, we're willing to talk about pretty much about anything Pipe Football related. Yeah. And, but one of those things that someone had already gave me, uh, you know, Lucas Burchett, I'll give him a shout out here, is underrated players, top five underrated players. We're going to do that later on uh, when we get things ironed out a little bit, but I think Peyton Boyd Blair might have to be on that list. Oh, yeah, 100%. The kid, the thing about that kid is, is that I'll go into this real quick before I move on to the next game. Um, Coach Mike even touched on it. They, everybody was trying to pick on him all year. They didn't want to go to the other side. They did not want to go towards Seth Pugh. Yeah, and understandably they, so. Yeah, understandably so. Seth Pugh is one of the best corners I've ever seen at this school, and maybe the best. And uh, Peyton Boyd Blair was getting picked on at the first part of the year, and <laughs> The kid had, what, five, six interceptions at the first part of the year? I really thought by the time the end of the year came around, I really thought he was possibly going to get some all-state consideration. He should have. Yeah. I mean, when you get in the, you know, five and six interception range in high school, where high schools just run the football most of the time, that is tough to do, and the kid did it. So, yes, I completely agree he deserves some uh all-state honors and we're, we're definitely going to give peyton some love on here because you know isaac mcnamee deserved the press he got jackson hensley deserved the press he got you know cody rains and and john column and all these other guys you know everybody was talking about them and they deserved everything that they got yep but you know a kid like peyton boy blair you've got to have kids like that on your team if you're going to be a champion yes that's exactly right, and he proved that in this game. And great kid, great right. kid off the field too. I've known him about his whole life, and and I played with his uncle, uh, Abe Boyd. So I've known that family, and we've been friends for many, many years. But 
the recurring theme for the first part of the year is struggles on offense, and the defense carried us this game. You cannot, you cannot go through this season and not give this defense enough credit because this defense was stout, and they held Paintsville to so many, you know, fourth one, fourth and one interception at the goal line. I mean, numerous things that they did in, in this game, fumble recoveries everything uh, to keep us alive in the painful game, and we ended up coming up victorious in the end, 9-8, to eight. and, you know, that moved on to the Raceland game, and now, when we move on to this game, I just want to say that there's a lot of people that were talking that these boys are reading too much into their press clippings, you know, they're, they ain't, they ain't as good as they thought they were on offense, you know, and all that stuff. And in this game, it kind of showed at the first part of the year because we have a young quarterback. We have, uh, you know, some new receivers. We have some new linemen. You know, we lost a lot of seniors the year before. We lost an extremely – only at a place like Pikeville can you lose a senior class, which our 2018 was one, probably one of the top five most talented senior classes. There's another show idea. Uh, of all time at the school and only at Pikeville can you lose that senior class that that shows how much depth that you have in your program is you can lose that great of a senior class and come back and and still have potential to be even better and uh yeah well you know as the county calls what we do recruiting we don't recruit let me get this out here before we get this, you know, whole show going. We I, do not recruit. You want me to tell you why we don't recruit? I really didn't want to say the R word on this show because I just get so tired of hearing well, it. Well, I'm just going to put this out there. You'll never hear Well, actually, I'll probably say it a few times. But we do not recruit. Let me tell. Let me ask you a question. Would you rather your child go to somewhere like, you know, some other school and you can't get by Belfry, you can't get by Johnson Central, you can't get by uh, Pikeville, or would you rather them go somewhere that, you know, wins, that knows how to win, that have winning coaches? And on top, top of all bottom. and on top of all that, gonna get a, a the best education they can get on this in this part of the state. Top five school in the state. Yeah. Okay. And I know this is all football uh, podcast, but we're not just good at football. Yeah, we're, that's the thing. JR and I are football guys. That's what we do, that's what we know about. Um, but I, I by no means want to try to diminish or downplay anything else that Pikeville does in sports. And, you know, we're, of course, we're very supportive of it. And also, which is the most important thing academically in what they do. And, and we're always very supportive of all that. We're just football guys. And that's what we, you know, that's what we know about. And, we didn't play basketball. So why would we have a basketball podcast? You yeah, know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, but we just we just want everybody to know, you know, we're, we're very supportive of everything having to do with Pikeville High School. This is just a football podcast. But why wouldn't you want your child to come to somewhere like Pikeville that's known not only to be a great football school, but has done great things in baseball, especially. Baseball's been great. And ever since Elijah Justice has got here, we, the last four years, we won back-to-back region titles. 
and I think it was 16 and 17. 18, we lost at on the last second buzzer beater to Johnson Central or something like that. And it's not just for the boys. I mean, the girls' softball team went went to the state finals a couple of years ago or uh-huh. final four in the state. And, you know, uh, Coach Christy Orham has got the girls' basketball team uh, doing really well with back-to-back region basketball titles. Yep. So, so uh, it's everything over here. And, you know, our – uh, our academic team's great over here. Uh, you know, everything is just – we're always contenders in just about everything that we do. Why would you not want your child to come over here? To be a part of this. Why would you not want that? You know what I'm saying? So, no, I do not believe we recruit. I just believe that there's a lot, uh, a lot of smart people out there that say, hey, I want my kid to have the best of the best, so I'm going to send them to – the best. The way I look at it is this, okay? Does a person who has a Ferrari dealership have to go up and down the street and ask people to buy Ferraris? Mm-hmm. No, sir. Okay. The name speaks for itself. Exactly. So, anyway, moving on, we're going to, I mean, just sorry about that little rant, but, you know, I had to get that off my chest. Moving on, we play wrestling, okay? That was the uh, fourth game of the year. And our offense struggled mightily in this game. Yeah. Um, and it took a big punt return from Jackson Hensley to. No, it wasn't Jackson. It was Cody Rains. Oh, it was Cody. Yes, it was Cody Rains. I'm sorry. It was Cody Rains. Yeah, but that's all right. I'm sorry. Fire me, okay? Yeah, you're old. But uh, anyway, uh, Cody Rains had to break a. I think it was like a 50 or 60 yard punt return. And um, after that, the final blow, I thought it was the final blow was Isaac McNamee hits Zach Lockhart very underrated wide receiver in my opinion no he's not going to be now no he's not going to be now he's the man year. now um but uh gets him on a huge touchdown pass to make it uh, 12 to 6 and Raceland scored on one of the craziest looking plays I've ever seen uh, towards the end of the game to make it 6-12. to 12. I mean, the game was pretty much in the bag, but the defense had to come up with one more stop. And yet again, bringing this up, the defense came through in a major it's way. It's going to be a recurring theme, yeah. man. And uh, stopped, uh, stopped wrestling in their tracks, and we ended up getting the victory. The fifth game of the year was a big one. So, we well, take let, a trip let, over to the... Let me set this, set this up just a second, okay? There was a lot of uncertainty after that wrestling game. Yep. Going into Belfry the next week. And a lot of people were grumbling, you know, about our offense. Uh, about, uh, you know, there were definitely doubts. And, you know, it, to be 100% honest and not just to be a complete homer, uh, you know, they were, the doubts were kind of warranted in a little bit. You know, because. For me and you too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But at the same time. You know, and a lot of that was was geared towards Isaac McNamee, both in the community. Uh, you know, there were some media people. You know, different things. And to beat Belfry around here, the recurring theme: you have to be able to pass the ball to okay. beat them around here, because they're not going to allow you to run the ball. Okay. So, um, and like I said, a little bit of that was warranted, but. Um, I kept believing tonight. Okay, let me tell you something. When I first saw that kid throw in third grade, 
He was a third grader. I said to myself, I said to you, that kid has got the potential to be the best that ever come out of here. And I still believe that. I believed it then. I knew and I understood that, like I said, growing pains, that's that's another recurring theme that's happened the first two, three, four, five weeks of the season with Isaac and with this entire team. So there was a lot of worry. There was a lot of concern. There was a lot of, uh, you know, we really thought if we go over to Belfry and get our rear end stomped, and, you know, Belfry's Belfry. I don't care what Belfry's record is. If Belfry is 0-7 and, and got beat 40 to nothing every game they played and we went and played them, with Philip Haywood coaching them, I'm still going to be worried, mm-hmm. okay, because it's Belfry and it's Philip Haywood. Yep. You know, they are never, ever, ever to be taken lightly. Um, so there wasn't a lot on the line as far as playoffs or – well, I take that back. Now there kind of is because you've got the RPI, the, RPI, the strength of schedule, and things like that. So there well, is there's a lot on the line for us, but for them, not much. Another future show idea. What's yeah. a bigger rivalry, Pipeville Paintsville or Pipeville Belfry? Another show idea. Yeah. RPI. Is it actually worth all the freaking trouble? To no, out we're going gonna to leave that to the goofballs on Bluegrass Rivals, which I'm one of them. But, uh, um, so. Just to kind of set the scene, it, it was a there was a lot of uncertainty going into that game. There was a lot of uneasiness. There was a lot of nervousness. You know, how was it going to affect the rest of the season? Uh, you know, how was it going to affect our kids if we go over there and and get a fifty burger hung on us by Belfry? Uh, you know, so there was just a lot of things that was kind of hanging in the air. Um, so, and I'm just going to say this, okay. Uh, if any uh, Belfry people are listening, okay? I love all of you over there, okay? I'm not trying to throw any hatred towards you all, but if I hear Isaac Dixon didn't play this game one more time, I'm going to throw up, okay? A couple things here. One, you're Belfry. You're a 3A school. You should have at least two or three kids ready to go at running back if Isaac Dixon can't play. Two, you have one of the best coaches to ever coach in this area. So maybe you could maybe he's gonna create a game plan that will kind of take away Isaac Dixon not being there. That kind of, you know, makes it easier on the team. And three we're at your place. You're not at Pikeville. We're at your place. Your fans are there. It's a hostile environment. And you had us down in this game, 21-7. to And usually when that happens, Belfry's putting their foot on the throat. Okay? So I just want to throw that out there. Injuries, last thing, Sweet. injuries happen. It's kind of a spoiler alert, don't you think? Yeah, well, I work. <laughs> Injuries happen, okay? They do. They happen in every sport. And the best teams know how to get through those injuries, okay? And that's all I want to say. But the final score of this game was 22-21. to 21. Pikeville comes up with a huge well, you've got to, you got to set the stage first, though, and kind of figure out, you know, you already kind of alluded to the fact that we went into the locker room down 21 to seven 
you know, we had uh, we had a good drive there to start. Uh, you know, right before halftime to make it twenty-one to seven, or was it fourteen? No, uh, we made it fourteen to seven. Yeah, and then Belfry and then scored Belfry again. Scored again. Yeah. Right. Um, now, uh, most of y'all know how that how that first half went. Most of y'all know what happened. Most of you all were thinking it was over after the first half. And, dude, I'm, I was one of them. And let me tell you. Uh, Previous encounters, I've seen us hang with Belfry in like in 2012 or 2011, where it was 14 to 7, and Belfry comes out after the half, and they run a kickback, get an interception for a touchdown, and then I think they broke a big one, and all, all of a sudden, just like that, it's 35 to 7. And just like that. So now, I'm thinking they're just going to put a, put their foot on our uh, on our throats and it's over. Knowing Chris McNamee like I do, uh, I don't know if he came in there. I've never asked my son Corbin who plays. I, I never asked him if he came in with a big paint pillar speech at halftime. Knowing Chris McNamee like I do, I don't know if he – I doubt if he did or not. I doubt it. Uh, all I know is whatever he did or didn't do, it worked. Because the team that came out of the second half, and most notably, Isaac McNamee, was a completely different kid than what he was when he went into halftime. I joked with Coach Mike. I told him this. I've told a lot of people this. Uh, Isaac McNamee went into the locker room at halftime of the Belfry game as a scared kid. And when he came out, he was a married father of two with a full beard and a truck payment. He <laughs> was a worked, man. Had a hoot out ship. Yeah, he worked hoot out that massive over or something. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it was just a, a complete transformation. I mean, that kid was out there. He was moving around in the pocket. He was slipping tackles. He was making absolute wonderful throws. Keeping third down and seven. Yeah, I mean, on third man. down, you know, a third and long, man, how many third and longs did that kid convert? One of the most underrated plays of this game that doesn't get, you know, a lot of attention was the play he made where he rolled, you know, uh, he rolled out to his left and he's a right-handed uh, thrower. And he goes out to his left and, the, and there's a Belfry kid on his butt and he dives and he hits him in the legs. He's yeah. He's got a hold of his down. leg. Isaac's falling it down. Like, it looks like Ben Roethlisberger out there. Straight up, Big Ben, man. It and was he straight up, Big Ben. It and Cody Rains comes out of nowhere. Now most most y'all know most y'all know me and Jr's big Steelers fans. Uh, and I used to kid Isaac all the time when we would coach him in little league. Uh, you know that he played like Ben Roethlisberger. Isaac's not a Steelers fan. Isaac thinks he's Peyton Manning. He's not. He plays like Big Ben. I mean, he's a big kid, he's a strong kid, he's strong-armed, and he's mobile in the pocket. He, and he, 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 and he looked like big, big big man in that second half. Man. Isaac plays better when the play breaks down, I think. Uh, that's his best attribute as him as a quarterback, and that's Big Ben. I'm sorry, Isaac, I love you, but that's true. Um, but anyway, uh, that doesn't – I'm not taking away from your greatness there, pal. Uh, but uh, – I, when he made that throw, I was like, all right, man, we got something going. Yeah. I, 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 you and I kind of looked at each other. We didn't really have to say anything, but I was like, man, we can get back in this ball game. And when he made that throw, we marched down the field. We scored. 
Uh, he threw an unbelievable pass uh, over the middle there to uh, Seth Pugh. And then, of course, the play that everybody remembers, uh, and a lot of you saw it on uh, the Internet, where the coach absolutely went insane. Yeah, the Belfry coach. And the Belfry coach went insane. He threw his notebook. He threw, Seth Pugh he threw had a big hat. game. He threw his here. headset. He threw the whole deck job. He threw the he's, water cooler. He's throwing freshmen out there. Yeah. You know, he's, <laughs> he's, he's extremely. He threw bad. the equipment manager. The play, I'll set it up for you. It was a, it looked like it was a uh, play action, and then it, it was a play action. Isaac gets it, then he fakes the screen, and then he hits Seth. Yeah, he fakes the screen. When he does, that corner bites on that fake screen. And when he does, Seth Pugh is, I mean, there's I mean, nobody within 20 yards of him. I mean, as Matt Brandon would say, uh, you couldn't throw a better ball if he was sitting in the end zone butt naked, as, as Matt Brandon would say. Okay. <laughs> we, we need to do a whole show on Matt Brandonisms. <laughs> that could be a whole show. Uh, but anyway, <clears throat> but uh, he makes that huge throw, and we ended up, I think, what drive was it, uh, the scoring drive where, uh, we, Belfry actually did something that Belfry doesn't do, and they jumped off sides on the extra point, yeah. and we went for two because Mike always does it. He doesn't care who it is. I think it was that it could be one. Saint X. It was either that one or, or the the touchdown before that. Yeah, I know it was touchdown before. It could. I mean, it doesn't matter who it is. It could be Saint X. It could be the the Alabama Crimson Tide. It could be the Pittsburgh Steelers. It doesn't matter if you jump off sides. On the extra point. Well, that, don't say that, point. man. These opponents might be listening. Oh, you don't think that they're already seeing that? True. <laughs> okay. But anyway. Uh, Sorry, Coach. <laughs> I don't think. I think we blew coach, it for everybody. Uh, I'm pretty sure that Coach uh, knows that, and he's daring people to stop him. Uh, well, I want to go back to the Paintsville game for just a second, since you mentioned uh, extra points. Uh, Tanner Hamilton was a big, big, big key in that win oh absolutely got to give him a shout out yeah made a huge field goal but anyway um after we did that and uh after we scored that touchdown still a lot of time left on the clock so it wasn't over and it's belfry yeah belfry got the ball back and i was yeah. like well here's where belfry goes on one of those you know there was something like what my lord and then the there was th plenty of time left in the, it was like early in the fourth quarter when hey, they scored that go-ahead touchdown and i want to tell you something very very surprising the defense came up big again they did <laughs> yes wow um the defense, hey uh it, yeah the, this is a uh just just in our our defense was really daggone good <laughs> So anyway, I mean they were otherworldly good. I yes. mean, especially especially later on in the season, yes. it was just a, it was a master class in how to play defensive football from pretty much about every member of it. Yes, uh, uh, Paul, Paul from, Sullivan that, that he gets a lot of defensive coordinator he gets a lot of credit for that. From you know, uh, from Coach uh, Foot and Yogi's defensive lineman to Absolutely. Coach Sullivan's. Uh, linebackers all the way Nick to Nick King's defensive backs. Nick King's DBs. Just unbelievable defense this year, defensive play. So defense kept stopping Belfry, kept coming up with huge stops, but we weren't able to kind of get that first down and kind of ice the game when we put it on the defense again. And uh, Connor Wright, senior this year, doesn't get a lot of credit. But Well, before that, let me, let me make out a point. Belfry was, I really think, was fully, and, and 
dude who's to blame them. They, I think they were fully uh, prepared to come in there and blow us out. Yep. And the reason why I say that is, is on that last drive, we took the lead on them, had the lead on them in the fourth quarter. The first time we've had a lead on Belfry in the fourth quarter since they built Camp Stadium in 2005. Yep. Okay. And probably, uh, I'd have to say probably 99-2000 was the last time we had one on them when they were at their old stadium at Vipperman. So I really think that Belfry kind of freaked out. Yep. And it showed. Because on their final drive, I think, what was it, two or three plays in a row, they jump off sides. They, uh, it was procedure penalties. It was pre-snap stuff. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't a, a holding call that could be argued. It wasn't a, uh, you know, different things like that. I mean, they were jumping off sides. You know, they were they were getting false start penalties. They were, I mean, it was a completely uncharacteristic uh, kind of meltdown in that final drive for Belfort. And in no way are we downplaying Belfry's greatness, but it's just—it was just shocking to see. That's what that I'm stuff. saying. It, it, it was uncharacteristic from a Philip Haywood coach team. Now we all know how Belfry's season ended. Yeah. Uh, so that team got a lot better as the year went on, and I was glad they did for one because of how this game turned out. It made us look better. Yep. So you and know, it, Belfry's it, Belfry, like I said. And you know, this game and when it ended. I'm just going to say this for, you know, the end of the game. We, Connor Wright gets that interception. We win the game, 22-21. I looked at you as we're celebrating like we just won the state championship. And, uh, you know, me, I, I, I am a warrior. I'm like, oh, God, here we go. Because in 2014, we celebrated like we won the state championship. Got beat by Paintsville in the first round. That's for another show. Second. Uh, second round. Second round, sorry. Uh, but, uh I looked at you, I was like, I just, even though, even though I was worried, there was a part of me that was like, there's no one in 1A that can beat this team if they keep getting better. No one. Absolutely no one. Painful, nobody. Nobody could beat them. My thoughts after that game was then all of a sudden, undefeated was on the table. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, it was very much on the table. And I thought, my goodness, this is went now to if we can finish this off, which I believe we could, and that if we finish this off, this is one could be one of the best teams in school history. Yep. You know, we could be witnessing history. Okay. Um, but moving on to since, you know, we got to we got to do it sooner or later cuz this and we gotta we gotta touch on the other games. Um, right after that, we played Lawrence County, and I'm not we're not gonna go into great detail about all these games. Lawrence County, uh, we win that game. It was up and down. I think we were kind of having like the hangover of the Belfry game a little bit. Yeah, there was a little bit of that. Defense in there. That was defensively. Good. That was probably the worst game we played. Yeah, on, yeah, I mean it, but I mean we ended up coming up with a win, and there was a running clock. We ended up winning this game, 49 to 26. And uh, that is the start, I believe. Yes, uh, this is the start right here uh, of the running clock situation that was Pike football in 2019. Um, after that, the Phelps game, 50 to nothing. Um, no offense, Phelps, but it's Phelps. Yeah, we were. Uh, we, we were uh, it was that was the homecoming game. We were up 21 to nothing for that one started. Uh, 
after that one, it was the Hazard game in which we went into Hazard, and that's when I kind of just had confirmation that we were all that in a bag of chips. Uh, yeah, because we went into we went into that Hazard game, and and Daniel Field and Hazard, uh, that's never e- an easy place to play. Absolutely not. You're no. never. I've never seen a Pikeville team or about any other team go over there and get an easy dominating win. Nope. One thing I will say about this hazard game, that was Clay Tinsley's coming out party. Yeah, absolutely. That's when he absolutely just shredded hazard. In every way imaginable. He was taking passes to the house. He was taking kicks to the house. He was taking. Well, uh, he only had one touchdown, but it was a big touchdown. I thought he had more than that. No, not in this one. No, the game that he had multiple touchdowns was. uh, But still, it was his coming out part. Yeah, he had that big, huge uh, reverse uh, run to the house, and you got to really see what he was all about. Also, you got to see uh, the future in this game. This is where you really started to see the future. By Mr. Carson Wright. Uh, Hazard left their varsity in towards the end of the game as the running clock was going on. And Coach Mike puts Carson in there against Hazard starting day. And Carson proceeded just to lay the hammer down. And uh, it, it was impressive. And for all you out there that think that, oh, we lost a huge senior class and Pikeville's not going to be that good, think again. Okay, think again, because that kid is the truth. And I've coached him from the time he was in second grade all the way until he was about in seventh or eighth. The kid is the real deal, especially on defense. Real deal, Holyfield. Yes, and uh, he will. uh, You will be hearing his name. Okay, moving on from the Hazard game. Very sad situation over Jenkins. We had to forfeit that, or they had to forfeit that game. They didn't have enough healthy players. Huh? And you hate that, man. I you hate, hate that for any school, for it. any group of kids that go to a school. Man, just I know they just want to play. They just want to play. And that, that, that stinks. I know Jenkins did what they had to do, but it, it, it was that's just a sad situation all In my around. playing days, as bad as we were, to Pikeville standards, as bad as we were, I still want, love the game of football. Yeah. I still wanted to play. I still wanted that experience. Yeah, even if you get beat 50 to nothing, you still want to get out there and compete. You you still want to get out there and play and tell your kids, hey, you know, your daddy played football back in the day, pretty good athlete. You know, maybe you stretch the truth there a little bit. I don't know. But, you know, you know, you still get that, you know, experience. And Jenkins didn't get that this year. Sad situation. And that started our uh, bye week situation. And then right after that one, we had a game that was hyped up. To me, it was a... That was another big hyped up game with an out-of-state opponent. You start the regular season with a a big hyped up out-of-state opponent in Mango Central. You end the regular season with another big hyped up uh, out-of-state opponent in Ridgeview, Virginia, which uh, boasted one of the top running backs in the nation who's getting looked at by Tennessee, Virginia, Penn State, you know, you name the Power 5 school, they've probably seen him later. Just to give you a background on this kid, his name is Trenton Adkins. He is 6 foot 1 or 6 foot 2. He was about 215, 220, runs in the 4-5s. Incredible vision, hard to bring down. I mean, he's 
this kid pretty much was everything. And they came they came into uh, Pikeville, ranked the number one team in 3A in the state of Virginia. Um, they had only lost one game up to that point, and that was against Union, Virginia. And in Virginia, no, it was Union, Central. I thought, no, it was no. Union. It was Union. Okay. Uh, you, they got beat by Union, Virginia in a close game, uh, but – Central beat them in the playoffs, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so Union, uh, or excuse me, um, Ridgeview comes in there, and they're all hyped up. And this kid, if you've ever watched football movies in your life, you know about Friday Night Lights. He was their booby miles, okay? He walked a dog, you know, uh, took the trash out, filled the Gatorade cooler. And painted the back porch. And painted the back porch. And he can pass. So, I mean, this dude was big time. You know, I remember talking to uh, Jackson Hensley's dad, Shane Hensley, uh, at the first part of the year. Shout out, Shane. uh, (laughs) And Shane and me were talking, and, and I was asking him, I was like, what do you know about Ridgeview? He said, I just know one thing. That running back they got is a top, I think he said like a top 10 running back in the country. I said, really? He said, yes. He said, he is the real deal. I said, so we got a tough game coming up at the end of the year. He said, absolutely. He said, you know, this kid, trust me, he's really, really good. Here, Here's what I love about Shane, though, if I could stop you for a minute. Okay, I love you, Shane. You're like family to me, brother. I, I know you know that. But... Uh, Shane thinks we're going to lose every game. <laughs> every game. I mean, I could come to Shane before the Phelps game and be like, hey, uh, yeah, we're probably, you know, Shane be like, we're, we're going to get killed. You know, they've got that one kid. He's really good. And I just, I don't know. I think we're going to get beat, man. I, I really do. <laughs> I love you, Shane. And that, that's good. It, it, it's it's a, it's a good mentality to have because, you know, I think we're going to kill everybody. Well, first off, like, I'm a coach. Me and Shane think a lot alike in that, in that we don't want to just come in there overconfident because overconfidence can get you beat. Yeah, but underconfidence can get you beat, too. Well, he's not going to tell his team that they can't win. <laughs> I know, dude. I, I know why he does it. I don't disagree with why he does it. He just cracks me up. I mean, Shane's, we're going to get killed, man. Shane's the best junior high coach. That's you know, Him and Matt Brown both, I mean, they're 1A and 1B uh, that's ever came around this uh, area. Uh, Dickie Van Hoos might have Dickie something Van to say Hoos about that. So I put, you know, those three up there. Jimmy Newsom, you know, they, they've been a few. But Shane... Shane turned that junior high program around his first. Not saying I disagree with you. I just, you know, I, I wanted to give those guys a mention too. Shane, if you don't know, Shane took um, his uh, son's eighth grade team down to state where they lost when, in an absolute heartbreaker. Yeah, this group of seniors this year. Yeah. And uh, then he was the defensive coordinator to when my nephew Corbin was in eighth grade, and they went down there and lost by – in a, uh, they went and lost to LCA, and uh, then he also went down the next year as defensive coordinator, and they lost in a controversial game down there, too, against Somerset. Meese. Uh, or Nice. Meese. We lost to the eventual state champions, and every team that we played. Yeah, the team, this senior class. Okay, junior high football, it, it, just a quick overview. Uh, there's three divisions in junior high football. 
okay? And Division One is your five and six A schools, their faders. Uh, Division Two is your three and four A schools and their faders. And Division Three, which was the division we're in, is one and two A schools and their faders. Well, you got and, that wrong because uh, Belfry, uh, you know, they were. Well, that, that you got, but it, it's it's just a kind of a basic thing. You've got it's some, the most messed up playoff system I have ever seen in my entire life, and that's for another show. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll definitely get into that. But yeah. the uh, uh, that's just a quick overview of it. But the teams that beat Pike uh, this senior class. When they were in eighth grade, um, they lost to Cal, Christian Academy of Louisville, which was a 2A team until last year, moved up to 3A this yep. year. Okay, in 2018, they were undefeated state champions. Yeah. You know, when that class was juniors. Uh, this year, I think they got beat in the regional finals. I don't, I don't remember. Um, but anyway, uh, so, it was, and they lost in a real close game in eighth grade. So, it, this team has had uh, top-notch quality top competition and played them all the way throughout. They've seen everything. Yeah. So, moving on to the Ridgeview game, um, we come into that game and it was didn't look good early. Um, oh, we got to hurry, dude. We got eleven minutes. We can only do an hour. <laughs> We may uh, have to do part two of this. Yeah, we may have to do part two. Um, anyway, um, Ridgeview comes in, takes a kick to the house, touchdown. They're up seven to nothing. Then we come right back down. Their defense, sorry, Ridgeview, wasn't that good, okay? And we scored pretty much at will. And this was Clay Tinsley's coming out party. Yeah. Clay Tinsley yeah. took over this game. He made ridiculous catches over people he made uh i mean he took it to the house he just flat out out ran people i mean he did everything that you could think of in this game and he was the mvp of course jackson hensley uh sorry the, my, my truck shut off we're doing this podcast in my truck yeah we don't need any outside noise ruining the podcast but uh anyway um Jackson Hensley put the nail in the coffin, and before you know it, you know, the first half, it was, I think it was like 28, or no, first quarter, it was 21-all, and then Pikeville just took over from there, and it ended up, or towards the last there, uh, we um, we ended up getting a run o'clock. Again. 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 Of course. And Carson Wright also dominated again, had one of the best runs I've ever seen anybody have in my life shrugged off about five people and then ran it into the end zone against their starting defense. And we scored 63 points. And the final score of that one was, excuse me, uh, 67 to 28. So in a, in a game that looked like it was going to be close after Ridgeview came out and they scored a couple touchdowns there, uh, and a, a bad punt, a bad, uh, uh, a bad snap, excuse me, um, ended up going in the end zone for a touchdown. We ended up just getting all <laughs> put that behind us, and we ended up winning that game. And, you know, Coach Mike said it best, and not throw shade at uh, Ridgeview, 
but it takes a great team. A great team any day can beat a great player, and that was what happened. And the Atkins kid from Ridgeview was his advertised, man. I'm not taking anything oh, away stud. from him. I mean, he was – anytime he got the ball, something exciting was going to happen. And, I mean, even, you know, my cousin Caden Cottle uh, – shout out, Caden – uh, one of the most underrated linebackers. Yeah, we're going we're going to get into the underrated players. Um, our cousin Caden Cottle said he was tough, but they all <laughs> banded together and they stopped him, and he didn't do nothing in the second half. Oh yeah, and uh, that was that game. And really, after that, we went to Hazard, or, or we got another bye week because of Jenkins in the first round of the playoffs, and then we went. And played Hazard again and had a slow start against Hazard, but we ended up pulling it out, getting another running clock, 45-12. Played Nicholas County in the region championship game. Uh, that wasn't a region championship game to me. That was a first or second round game, but we'll get into that later. 54-14. to 14. Uh, We didn't even play a very good game that game. It ended up, you know, destroying them. Isaac, you know, was it? normal Isaac in this game and we still ended up destroying him. Cody Rains, you're going to hear about him a lot uh, here in a few minutes. Yeah, it'll, it'll, be, it'll be coming up in part two because yeah. we've only got an hour on these uh, Anchor app uh, podcasts, so we're uh, 53 minutes in, so we're probably going to have to make a part two here in just a second, but uh, that's yeah, okay. That's alright. And uh, Nicholas County, we can't so we destroyed them. Big run by Cody Rains, kind of just, you know, after we kind of struggled there for a little bit, not much, but for a little bit, we kind of struggled. Cody Rains had that huge run, scored a touchdown, and that kind of just set us off. Uh, Clay Tinsley had an amazing catch, and that was your region championship game. I mean, and it was a running clock again, and we got our new scoreboard this first game. Cool. Yeah. Um, then it was. I wanted a Jumbotron, man. Holy Cross of Louisville, and, okay, this game, I had no idea what was going to happen. I knew that. I did. Uh, <laughs> because I couldn't get a whole lot of, like, huddle film on them to watch them. I didn't know what to think. Um, I heard they had a really good line. Uh, I heard that they, uh, you know, like to run the ball, and they have a really good athlete. And uh, and I think it's number 27. He's small, but he's really fast. And they like to get him the ball a lot. But um, And they had a pretty good middle linebacker. But I just, like I said, at the end of the day, I just looked at it and I was like, I don't know how in the world they're going to stop our wide receivers. How, how they're going to stop our skill players, period. So we ended up coming into that game, and it was 36 to nothing. 36 to nothing. And the end of uh, the first half, and that was your semifinal game. I mean, whenever you can do that in the semifinals, it's absolutely impressive. And then we get down to business. Take a little trip down to Lexington. Now, well, I tell you what I want to do. I want to do a part two here. Yeah. Okay. Was. We'll we'll break down the state championship game. Um, and go on into what this team means in history as far as the history of Pikeville High School. And there's an argument to be made. I know a lot of people are going to say 87, 88. 
or, you know, any other, you know, pick your, you know, five, you know, you, when you've got, <clears throat> when you got five state championship teams stro- strode out throughout the years, uh, you know, there's a lot of arguments can be made. The argument can be made for this team. I'm not going to say who they are or they aren't, but I'm just saying it, it makes a very compelling argument that this team is the best. Uh, and I think uh, I think you're going to agree with me. And if you don't, then I will come to your house and drive my truck through your living room. Um, I'm like I said, I'm not because that, it, it, it's a hard position for me to be in because the '87 Pikeville team was what got me to love football. Okay, the game of football. It, it, I was 11 years old when they started on that run. Okay, so the team that got me to love football versus the team that my son played on. So. It's a, a going to be kind of a, a tough one, but we're going to get into that next. Um, thank you guys for listening. Um, Jair's got a phone call. Thank you guys for listening. Um, yeah. Just stay tuned, and uh, we're going to be hitting part two here in just a second, and uh, we'll keep getting into this. Yeah. So uh, thank you guys. I'm out in love's truck. And uh, we're going to uh, take off right now, and uh, we'll, be, we'll be back. All right. Thanks.